Professional wrestling, like real life, is full of surprises. Hi everyone, it's Freddie Prinze Jr. And it's no surprise I can talk wrestling all day, any day. Kind of like how State Farm agents can talk insurance and help you choose the right coverage. When it comes to important insurance decisions, let State Farm support you with the coverage you need backed with 24-7 support. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, let me, let me talk about talk. Here we go. Uh. He said he living life as a gringo. Where you question, where you fit, and every time you mingle, they say you do this with not enough that. My rapping is really bad. <laughs> this life as a gringo. Yes, welcome to another episode of Life as a Gringo. I am Dramos, of course. Man, last episode of 2021, so I'm going to be greedy. Normally, we would have a guest for these Thursday Trends episodes, but as it is my last podcast of the year, I want to uh, be a bit greedy and just fly solo on this one and talk to y'all directly. Um, So I want to do something a little bit different for this episode since it is kind of like a wrap up episode. So we're going to kind of do some of the best and the worst stories um, that we've kind of covered or happened throughout the year here in 2021. If I miss some, I'm sorry. These are just the ones that have been on my radar. Don't hate me if I miss something that you think was important. It wasn't on purpose. These are just kind of some of the ones that uh, have been kind of sitting on my mind and that came to my head when I was kind of stewing on some of the, I guess, best and worst moments of this year. It's definitely been a crazy fucking year. It's also definitely felt like uh, Groundhog Day to a degree. And man, uh, that's probably where we'll end up starting when it comes to some of these stories because COVID has this feeling like it's 2020 all over again. We'll also talk a bit about January 6th because obviously that was kind of a big day in this country, unfortunately. We'll talk about uh, the Colorado truck driver, Rogel Aguilera Madero, uh, who got the 110-year sentence. We'll talk about Jay Balvin, man, who seems to keep finding himself in, in hot water some way, shape, or form. And of course, on the positive side of things, Bad Bunny always finds his way into there. We'll talk Daddy Yankee. We'll talk Joe Biden doing something good. Joe Byron out here. And yeah, I'm sure we'll get into a couple other things as well. But first, man, let's let's start with um, a dive into the bad from 2021. And we will do that in a segment we call for the people in the back. Say a lot for the people in the back. Say a lot for the people in the back. 
right, y'all. So I touched on this at the top of the show. Groundhog Day feels literally like we are back in last year as COVID is back as like a thing that we really got to be paying attention to. I know there's a lot of people out there who are like, I'm tired of talking about COVID. All they want to do is talk about COVID. But I hate to break it to y'all. Like, just because you don't talk about something doesn't make it any less real. So we have to talk about it because this shit is very real. As the Omicron variant of the COVID-19 virus is just fucking wreaking havoc everywhere, not just in U.S., but all over the world, specifically here in the U.S., uh, we've hit a record seven-day case average of 262,034 cases. Uh, and that actually eclipses a past record for cases that we set on January 11th for 252,776 cases, according to an NBC News data analysis. And this is just not the type of record you want to be breaking um, as we go into, man, year two of this fucking virus um, that doesn't seem to want to go away. Now, in all, 1.8 million cases were reported in the U.S. last week representing a 69.3% increase compared to the week before. And it just seems, if you're on Instagram, it just feels like everybody has the fucking virus, especially like here in New York City. It just feels like you literally step outside of your door and you apparently get the virus. And I'm just thankful I do not really have to leave the house at all these days because this shit is scary and I don't want to get sick. Even though I am boosted, even though I'm vaccinated, um, there still are a lot of breakthrough cases now. While the people who are vaccinated aren't getting as sick, it's still something I'd like to avoid if I can. And I'm sure a lot of y'all have seen the memes going around involving the CDC and their new guidelines. It's causing a bit of a stir. U.S. health officials have decided to shorten the recommended COVID-19 isolation and quarantine period from 10 days to now five days. And a lot of people are questioning, and I myself included, are questioning why exactly they're making this move now and it really does feel like they don't give a fuck about us and they are just succumbing to a lot of public pressure. Now, it is said that the CDC has been under pressure from the public, obviously, and also the private sector, which includes gigantic corporations like Delta Airlines, asking them to explore ways to shorten the isolation and quarantine time and reduce the risk of them suffering severe staffing shortages um, amid this surge that we're having right now. It was said that thousands of airline flights have been canceled over the past few days. And it's being blamed on the Omicron variant. So it kind of feels like the CDC is basically just like, all right, man, at this point, fuck it. Like, we want these companies to be making money and we're tired of hearing people bitching and moaning. Let's just shorten it to five days. So I'm, my ass is not trying to hang out around anybody that is uh, not quarantining for the original 10 days. If I somehow, God forbid, contracted uh, COVID, I will be quarantining for 10 days. This just doesn't make sense to me. I don't trust that people um, in this country have our best interest at heart. Uh, generally speaking, money speaks a lot louder than anything else. So these corporate companies obviously have a lot of money. My opinion, take it for what it is. That's just what I think. Um, now, moving on to man, January 6th, which will be coming up on a year next week, which is an anniversary that I don't think any of us would love to uh, really want to be celebrating. And it's obviously continues to be big news as you have the investigations going on. You have the committee who's investigating it. I'll spare you some of the like boring details, but basically gigantic investigation, hundreds of interviews happening um, for active congressmen, uh, people who are affiliated. Uh, actually, text messages have been leaked um, that showed that Fox News pundits were actually texting 
uh, Trump officials asking them to please tell Donald Trump to tell the crowd to go home. Uh, and it's just funny because they go on Fox News and pretend like January 6th was just like a, a tourist visit. But behind the scenes, when it was all going down, they were freaking out just like the rest of us. So it's just a scary time for our country and our democracy, especially as you begin to realize that active congressmen were actually involved in helping maybe orchestrate this or had some sort of uh, involvement or support for essentially not certifying the election, um, even though they knew Donald Trump's claims had no actual basis. And for everybody sitting at home like, it was a freak election. Guys, it went to court. Like he had his day in court. He brought up all the things and no judge felt that there was a sufficient enough evidence on anything to actually overturn any of the state's election results. Like it, it, it he lost. It's okay. People lose in life. We, we must move on. Um, yeah, move on. We will because I'm I'm tired of talking about fucking Trump. I hopefully in 2022 I can talk about him a lot less. Uh, now let's talk about something that I touched on with last week's trending episode, and I want to give y'all a a update on that is the Colorado truck driver uh, Rogel Aguilera Modero, uh, who was sentenced to 110 years after killing uh, uh four people, I believe it was, in, in a car accident uh, involving his his truck when his brakes gave out. Now, uh, an update has happened. A Colorado judge actually set a hearing date to reconsider the 110-year sentence for him in regards to the fatal accident that happened in 2019. Judge Bruce Bones actually set the hearing for January 13th, so we are only a couple of weeks away. He added that he wanted to learn about the law that would allow him the discretion to determine his own sentence and said that victims would be permitted to speak at the hearing. So he's allowing victims to kind of give their uh, you know, opinions, the family of, of the victims who were involved in that car accident and I guess those who were injured as well, allowing them to sort of give their opinion as far as what they feel like the punishment should be. Now, uh, Rohel was convicted of 27 counts in October. Um, like I said, after an accident in 2019 when he was driving a truck that killed four people and crashed into several other cars, he ended up receiving a 110-year sentence. Uh, and Colorado law, this is kind of what the problem was. Colorado law, requires him to serve time for each count consecutively and not concurrently. And actually, the judge who who had to sentence him said at the time of the case, quote, I will state that if I had the discretion, it would not be my sentence. So fingers crossed, there is some some hope here that this crazy, unfair 110 year sentence will get at least shortened. And, and Rohel will hopefully be able to have some sort of life after after he serves time for this just horrific accident, you know, and thoughts and prayers go out to everybody involved, um, both his family, but of course, the families of, of all the victims that were involved in this accident. Uh, you know, there's there's really no winner here in, in this one. It's just terrible, terrible uh, tragedy on, on every way you look at it, essentially. Now, now some lighter, lighter news here. Somebody that I've talked about a few times and unfortunately not in a positive way on this podcast, and that has been Jay Balvin. Now, if you remember, I think the first time we were talking about um, this music video that he had with the Dominican artist uh, Tokisha, where he was walking a bunch of black women on leashes like they were dogs in the music video for their song together. That, of course, caused a whole big stir. The video was eventually taken down and then he kind of dragged his feet a little bit and then eventually addressed it, apologizing and saying that he didn't mean to, you know, offend anybody. Um, and obviously with that one, it's like, man, how in 2021 are you not aware of just like the optics of how this looks of you as a light skinned Latino um, walking black women on a leash as if they're dogs? Like it just doesn't make sense. And 
the fact that neither he nor his team caught that. I don't want to kind of insinuate anything, but like it's hard to believe that him, a well-traveled artist um, who's who's been, you know, very much in the States and is aware of kind of the things that are going on as far as race goes in this country, that he didn't kind of see the fault in that. I don't know. I find it hard to believe that he's that ignorant. And that's almost like fucking SNL here because Jay Balvin now ends up winning an award. <laughs> Get this for Afro Latino Artist of the Year. And this was at the African Entertainment Awards USA. Uh, and you couldn't write th- like you like this is a fucking comedy sketch. Like dude gets all this backlash about walking a bunch of black women in a video gets taken down. He's, you know, a white Latino and then gets awarded months later an award as the Afro Latino Artist of the Year. Now, at first, Jay Balvin posted th- saying thank you for the award, uh, then got a bunch of backlash. And from there, you know, basically said, I'm not Afro Latino, but I'm very you know, humbled to win this award. And I'm paraphrasing, obviously. A lot of people feeling like he should have probably refuted this award when he first, you know, got it and, and maybe gave a shout out to the other actual Afro Latino artists that were nominated. Um, a lot of kind of back and forth when it comes to that. But it's definitely, you know, like a lack of awareness for just at least standing up and 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 to be fair he he didn't award himself this honor or nominate himself um but i think in the same way and i hate to use this comparison when macklemore won like best hip-hop artist at the grammys where he basically was saying like you know i shouldn't have won i think you you jay bowman probably should have done the same thing to save face at least especially given his uh past and then you also think like award show that is the african entertainment awards that is put on by black people was who awarded him this. So what the fuck were they thinking? So they responded and and they said uh, they renamed the category essentially as Best Latin Artist Award. And then they um, they shared on social media, the Best Latin Artist category is for any artist based in Latin America that is contributing to the African culture, especially the Afrobeats sound globally. It's not based on race, but more importantly, based on pushing the African culture forward on the world stage, which is beautiful. But then don't call it the... Afro Latino Artist Award. I I just don't understand. Like, where is the fucking like like who is in charge of like catching these things? Because these aren't really, to me when you're planning these shows and and months and months go into it, months and months go into all of this kind of stuff, like reaching out to artists and creating categories and going through. I'm assuming tons and tons of music and all this different stuff. And nobody once throughout the process of planning this was like, maybe we should like either change the name of it from Afro Latino Artist of the Year. Or not have people who are very obviously not Afro-Latino be nominated and at worst, not win a fucking award entitled Afro-Latino Artist of the Year. Now, I put much less on Jay Balvin for this one than I do for the actual uh, African Entertainment Awards. Like, they should just know better. Jay Balvin, again, I mean, I think he should know enough at this point to kind of, at the very least, just want to save face and, and stop the backlash. So um speaking out a little bit on on that probably would have been best and i think he should have i think he should have that self-awareness uh especially when you have some really incredible actual afro-latino artists nominated but what the fuck is going on like this is type of shit i hope to leave behind in 2021 uh and sadly it probably will follow our asses into 2022 but what are we doing out here like where is the chain of command to just double check why aren't we crossing our t's and dotting our i's when it comes to this stuff (sighs) what a what a shit show now with that said that was the worst of 2021 uh, of just some of the stories that I've been following that I've been covering here on the show. 
I'm not gonna lie, like that kind of got me a little tight reading some of those those stories. So we're gonna cleanse the palate a bit with some good stuff and honor some some good stories in our Mijente segment. Before that, though, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in LA. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles, a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steels every Thursday, each episode provides an in-depth exploration into the formative artists, monumental albums, and socio-political factors that have shaped gangster rap from its emergence in the 80s to its enduring impact today. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form. We dive into the socio-cultural aspects that gangster rap boldly addressed, from police brutality to systemic racism, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the profound cultural significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go. Okay, so no surprise here. Bad Bunny is making my my list of of uh, you know some of the best news of 2021 in our Mijente segment. I feel like I talk about him probably far too much, but I mean it's fucking Bad Bunny, and and he's making history. I mean, for the second year in a row, Spotify named him the number one artist globally on that platform with over 9.1 billion streams. 9.1 
billion streams. And, and people are like, all right, cool, that's a big deal, but why is it such a big deal? And I, I'm going to break it down for you in a second. I'll give you a couple more stats for anybody who might not have heard that episode or just needs a refresher. Um, it says, according to Spotify, over 870 million users have listened to at least one Latin song in the past year, and over 20.4 billion Latin songs were streamed last month. And then on top of that, you have eight Latin genres uh, making it into the top 50 most streamed globally genres of music, which is incredible. And, and what's amazing about this when you think about it, so over 870 million users have streamed at least one Latin song in the past year. And Bad Bunny himself alone has gotten 9.1 billion streams. Like Bad Bunny is fucking not even knocking down the door. He's fucking knocking the entire wall down for Latin artists of today's day and age to now be accepted uh, and, and viewed as viable artists by a, a far wider audience. Like our, I've said this before on many of my platforms, I price on the podcast, like, our time is right now. Like people like Bad Bunny are proving that we don't have to change ourselves and we don't have to assimilate into white culture in order to find success in this country and in this world. Bad Bunny is having this string of success speaking Spanish, right? Like he most a lot of those a lot of those listeners probably don't understand a damn word he's saying, but the music is just so good that it they rock with it, right? We're seeing it on award shows where we're no longer just on the Latin award shows. We're on the main show, right? And I don't mean the pre-show. I mean the main fucking show. And that is absolutely incredible. And people like Bad Bunny are responsible for that. And guys like Jay Balvin, who I know we've been getting a lot of shit to, is also a part of that as well. Like we now have the attention of the, of the world stage and we have to take advantage of it. And that's why this is such a big fucking deal. And actually, uh, and on that note, Showing you how we have the attention of the world stage. Let, let's go to Daddy Yankee. And I want to talk about this one because um, this actually hasn't happened yet. But the news broke, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago. Daddy Yankee is set for Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve with the first ever countdown from Puerto Rico. The 50th annual televised celebration will not only be the first inaugural Spanish language countdown first, but it also coincides with the celebration of the 500th anniversary of the founding of San Juan. The event will take place on the grounds of Puerto Rico Convention Center and simultaneously at the T-Mobile District with host Ryan Seacrest overseeing the New Year's Eve festivities in Times Square. The traditional Dick Clark uh, New Year's Rockin' Eve with Ryan Seacrest will air Friday, December 31st, beginning at 8 p.m. on ABC, while the Puerto Rico countdown is scheduled for 11 p.m. And think about this, y'all. Ryan Seacrest. You don't get much whiter than Ryan Seacrest. Let's be real. Ryan Seacrest hits every demographic, every soccer mom, every Karen, um, everybody. Everybody likes Ryan Seacrest, whether you're a Karen, whether you're just a normal person. Ryan Seacrest is like the safe bet, right? He is he is that that safe bet they'll throw on TV and everybody kind of either loves him or just tolerates him enough, right? And now you throw in there Daddy Yankee hosting and Rosin Sanchez, by the way, I want to throw in there as well, co-hosting uh, my podcast family as a part of the legendary Dick Clark New Year's Rockin' Eve, and they're doing it in Spanish. If you needed further proof of how far we come, here it is right now. Mainstream television in Spanish, live from Puerto Rico. Think about that. That is gigantic. I don't care if you're Puerto Rican or, or not. This is a huge moment for Latinos everywhere. We now have a seat at the table, and once again, our time is now, and we need to take full advantage of it and it's so fucking beautiful to see moments like this happening and daddy yankee deserves all of this because he is one of the pioneers who has led the march and allowed a moment like this to happen and of course Rosalind sanchez as well has been a mainstay um you know as a, a latina actress uh one of the few that you can count on seeing a bunch of 
um, throughout the the years. I mean, shit, as far as I can remember as a kid. So, I mean, just incredible, incredible to see this. And I'm so excited for this moment right now. And I just think that this is only the beginning. And, and 2022, it seems like it's really going to be our year. Like, let's be real here. I know they're like, oh, it's our year. No, this is this is huge. We, we, we fucking kicked the door down in 2021. Now it's time for us to to walk in and make ourselves comfortable. And I feel like 2022, we're going to see a lot of that happening. Now, the last thing I did want to talk about here um, was on, on a more serious note. And this was, I, I, it wasn't connected directly, but we did see a lot of blowback. Gabby Petito, that story, the the missing young girl who, um, I believe it was her fiance who was accused of, of murdering her and, and he ended up uh, taking his own life. But she went missing and that caused a whole stir around the country, but also caused this whole conversation of, why aren't we as passionate about women of color who go missing? That includes indigenous women. We never really hear about these stories of, of women of color or indigenous women going missing. But, you know, when it's a blonde haired white girl, it's plastered all over the news. And not to say that her life, you know, should not be, uh, you know, fought for, that people shouldn't be interested in finding out what happened to her. But at the same time, I think it, it points out and her family even agreed. It points out this sort of bias that happens in the media and with us as a culture that we prop up white women, and we sort of have no problem looking over, glossing over women of color. So one thing that I have to say, I have to give Biden credit for this one. And I know I, I'm pretty harsh on him on, on some of my other platforms, but he did sign an executive order to address crime and murder on Native American lands, which was a big point that was brought up, uh, whereas a lot of indigenous women have actually gone missing in the same site that Gabby Petito went missing. Now, it's said that uh, indigenous Americans are more than twice as likely to be a victim of a violent crime as non-natives which is crazy to think twice as likely, and you never hear about this. And not to mention, they say the epidemic of murdered and missing indigenous women is crippling indigenous communities. So as a response to this, President Biden signed an executive order requiring the Departments of Interior, Justice, and Homeland Security to work together to find solutions to reduce crime on Native American lands. Uh, and listen, there's so much other work that needs to be done when it comes to justice for Latinos in this country, justice for black people in this country. But we also have to take the time to celebrate those wins along the way. And this is definitely one of them. When you're talking about a marginalized group like indigenous people um, who never seem to get the attention that they deserve when obviously an epidemic of, of violent crimes is happening um, against them, it's great to see some sort of action taking place. So you have to salute that when it happens. And, and you know, I'll be watching and, and definitely using my, my commentary as I can to hopefully make sure that Biden continues uh, on this sort of crusade, if you will, of of making sure that people of color are protected in this country and that the playing field begins to be leveled for, for all of us. Now, with that said, let's hear from y'all. I, I want to make sure I hear from y'all at least one last time before the year ends. Of course, in our Ask a Gringo segment. Ask a Gringo. I have a question. All right. So for this one, I simply asked y'all, Tell me the best part of 2021 or the worst part of 2021. And let's see what your answers were. At Adri Reeve 94 said, worst breakup, best breakup. I ended up discovering myself and my passions. And that's absolutely beautiful. I'm sorry that it took you losing your relationship in order to do so. But maybe it also sounds like it's a bit of a blessing because for whatever reason, that relationship was holding you back from discovering yourself and, and, and truly being able to live as your authentic self, which I think is the most important thing in this life. So it makes me incredibly happy to hear that, uh, you know, what might have seemed like a bad situation or a bad event at first has now ended up being something beautiful where you can dive back into your passions and, and, and find yourself a little bit more. So congratulations to you. Wish you nothing but the best 
in this new year. At Yvonne, she spelled that with a zero one, says, uh, I left my toxic job of nine years and got a new job this month, which included a huge raise. Fuck yes. I, that makes me so, so happy to hear. And Yvonne, I know you, um, you're pretty active when it comes to checking out the show and participating in these questions. So first of all, thank you for that. And I'm so, so happy for you that this happened. That is so incredible that, man, nine years at a job that you felt was toxic, that you hated, and you now left it, got a new job and a huge raise. Like that is amazing. And I, I wish I wish that for all of you who are unhappy in your situation that you're in right now. You know, use that as an example, like challenge yourself like listen, if you're unhappy, take a look around and see what jobs are out there. You know, there's nothing wrong with doing that. I did that this year. I have friends who I encourage to do that. And they're now thanking me because they can't believe all the opportunities that are out there that they were blind to just thinking that they couldn't that there was nothing better out there for them. So, you know, not telling you to go out and quit your job tomorrow, but explore, see what's out there, go on a couple of interviews and see if maybe you can finally get out of this terrible position you found yourself in, especially these days, man, like so many different opportunities, depending on the industry that you're working in to um, having, you know, work from home, a hybrid schedule, all kinds of things to help alleviate some of that stress. And, and jobs are also starting to pay a little bit more these days because of, um, you know, everything that's happening with the, the workforce right now. So right now would be the time to explore your opportunities and just see what's out there. It couldn't hurt to go on a few interviews. And Yvonne, congratulations again. That is an incredible, incredible way to end this year and to go into 2022 making a bunch more money for you and your family. Congratulations. That's incredible. Let's see. At AkikoDiedra.gw says, still alive and didn't catch COVID. That's a blessing. We got to celebrate those little wins right there. And actually, that's not even a little win. When you consider, man how fragile life is. And I feel like COVID has shown a lot of us that that is a huge blessing that we are still here to see another day, God willing to see another year and still happy. And and man, that is a blessing these days to uh, avoid catching COVID when it seems like everybody is getting it right now. Wishing you uh, that same health fit for yourself going forward. And man, that's a beautiful perspective. If you are listening to this podcast right now, that means that you are still alive and you have something to celebrate um, going into the new year. So good for you. And with that said, man, last Ask a Gringo of 2021. Thank y'all for participating at DJ Dramos. If you're new here, you want to be a part of the conversations. I post it on my Instagram every episode. All that's left to do on this final show of 2021 is get into some conclusion stew. But first, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast, I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Time for conclusions Man, I don't even know where to start. I'm not even going to bother recapping everything that I went over. Y'all have heard it a few times on the show. The bad, I don't even want to fucking talk about the bad anymore. It's all it's all onward and forward from here. Um, but before I before I completely move forward into the next year, I do just want to quickly reflect for me personally on one of the toughest yet most amazing years of my entire life. If I think back to where I was literally this time last year, my life is so drastically different and and it's improved in such an incredible way. And, you know, that's not to say there weren't a lot of kind of low points throughout the course of this year. Um, It got really heavy at at certain times. I was juggling far too much. Um, Some, you know, my my personal relations, my life were, were suffering as a result of that. But I figured it out, you know, and, and that's kind of the lesson I, I want a lot of y'all to, to walk away with. You know, I made a gigantic jump from a huge job with the Breakfast Club but that I was so grateful to have. That was a dream job for me, but it was time to go. And I took a chance on myself. And I'm so grateful that I did, you know, and I launched this podcast and I bet on myself with this podcast. And I, I just say all that to remind you to bet on yourself when the time comes. Don't be afraid to to fight for what you feel like you deserve and what you want in this life. Because even if you maybe come up a little bit short of your own expectations, whatever the case may be, whatever happens, at least you'll never be wondering what if, right? And to me, that is the worst feeling in the world. You can always find another job. You can always bounce back from a bad investment, hopefully. But I don't think you could ever give up the shame of wondering what if. And that's something I would never wish upon anybody to live with. And it's definitely something that I live in fear of ever having to think. So I'm blessed and I'm so happy that I've been taking the chances on myself. And this year, I've definitely been just really betting on me and and appreciating my own 
potential for greatness. And I'm so happy that I have it because it's been yielding incredible results. And I have to also give a big thanks to everybody that's around me, my family, my parents constantly supporting me and, and really just going through the healing process with me, which has been incredible. And also my girlfriend for just being a rock and, and being my biggest fan and such a huge inspiration for me to keep fighting through those tough moments, um, you know, even when I haven't been the easiest to be around. So, man, salute to, to all them. And I also want to say thank you to everybody that's been supporting me. You've helped me get through one of the craziest years of my entire life. You've helped me achieve some of the biggest growth of my entire life. And I am forever indebted to all of you. So I genuinely, genuinely want to say thank you for all of your love, your support, your words of inspiration, and your genuine support as I continue to explore new ventures and new opportunities. I don't take any of your support for granted. And I hope that in return, I've been of some sort of service because the one thing I've realized, you know, this year is that that's what it really is all about. It's not about the accolades. It's not about rubbing shoulders with celebrities. It's not about the money. It's about connecting with others and doing your best to walk in your purpose and to each day, hopefully leave this world just a little bit better than it was the day before. Thank you for an amazing year. And I'll see y'all in 2022. Peace. Life as a Gringo is a production of the Michael Dura Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.